Welcome to TCC Alive, a podcast of Tulare Community Church. Uh, I want to echo uh, j- just reading from Tim Brown and all the community at Western Seminary. Um, there, are, there are churches and then there are churches. And this is one of the churches that has really shown up for our institutions in a way that is helping us to create a new generation of pastors and preachers. And we just want to say thank you. And on behalf of Tim Brown, he wanted me to tell you this. I love you. That's what he wanted me to say. And I also want to say um, greetings from Hope College. Uh, We share a campus. um, And I have served there as a kind of campus pastor uh, to students and to faculty. And it's a real pleasure. And if anyone here, I know that there are some retirees here who are thinking about going back to college. If that's true, I want to talk to you about enrollment uh, coming up. So... It's never too late to go. But if you're in high school and you want, you're thinking about where to go, I'd love for you to consider hope sometime. Um, before I pray, I just want to have a little disclaimer about this sermon. If you're someone who's got life by the tail, you've got it all figured out, your marriage is awesome, everything at work is without anxiety, if you've just got it rolling right now, this sermon isn't for you. You, you can just like check out, you're fine, be relaxed. And just show up in about 25 more minutes, and we'll sing, and you'll be done. But if you're anyone like me, where you sense there could be a little bit more, or you sense that um, God might want to speak into your life, if you're a little bit like me, where you need to kind of reclaim a lost fire that maybe once was burning bright, but is just kind of in the embers, or if your marriage is just feeling stuck, like me, uh, maybe, just maybe, God has something for you to hear today. I don't know. Um, But consider that as we pray. Let's pray. Guide us, O Lord, by your word and your spirit, that in your light we would see light, in your truth we would find freedom, and in your will discover a perfect peace that transcends understanding in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all the people said, Amen. Amen. We stepped out of 2018, we step into 2019, and it's our first time back as a community to worship. And as we step into a new year, I want to ask a simple question to you to guide us this morning down this river. What time is it for you? It's a simple question. What time is it for you? It's going to require you to answer honestly, and it's only one that you can answer for you. I can't answer that. It's a question that implies an assumption, and the assumption is that this is a moment in your life that needs some discernment. What time is it for you? Now, of course, time is elusive. Time is difficult to grasp. It's like trying to catch air. And in the Bible, there are different kinds of time, right? There's there's chronos time, chronology. Last Monday night, you were probably with some people, and you got at some point, if you were like us, uh, you did it earlier than uh, midnight. There's like the 9 a.m., 10, 9, 8, so that we could put our little ones to bed. Um, that's, that's chronos time, chronology. It's January 6th, right? Is that right? January 6th. It's January 6, 2019. That's chronos time. That's not really what I'm asking you, is it? Time is it? 
I'm asking you what the Bible might call kairos time. Kairos time is pregnant time. It's a sense of anticipation. Something is about to happen or could happen. That's what I'm asking. What time is it for you? This is the time of year where you do the resolutions, right? And you're asking yourself those deeper questions. Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? What's missing in my life? And then you, you scratch things out on a piece of paper or type them under the computer. You, you do a SWOT assessment of your life, your strengths and your weaknesses, and you make strategies and you hustle plans and you try to make the resolutions. It might be losing weight or joining the gym or reading that book or getting that new job or whatever it is. This is that moment. This is the time. What time is it for you? For you right now. Be honest. And don't lie to yourself or to God or to your family. I find myself asking myself that question. It's partly why I'm asking you. What time is it? I find myself, I'm 45 years old, middle-aged in minivan. I got a nine-year-old son. I got a six-year-old daughter. I got a, a wife who's a professional, and we're juggling schedules between violin lessons and gymnastics and baseball practices and getting to church and getting the groceries and making the breakfast and the lunch and the cleaning of the house and paying the bills and doing it all over again the next day, again and again and again. And I find myself in a moment of my life struggling with some disappointments and trying to make sense of some things, asking myself, God, what time is it for me, for us? And you can't answer that for me, I know, and I can't answer it for you. But there is something I think we can do together. I think that there's some place we can go together. I think that there is something we can expect together. And I think that there is something we can all do together. And to help us go to that place and to expect that thing and to do that action, I want us to turn to the Bible in Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 5. I thought as we step into a new year, we might actually go someplace. We'd go to the beginning. Hear these words from the book that we love, the bush that burns and is never consumed. Hear these words, the words that are trustworthy and true. The whole story begins this way. In the beginning was the Word. No, that's coming later. In the beginning, when God... Listen, listen, listen. In the beginning when God, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered over the face of the deep, and a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. Then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God separated the light from the darkness. The light he called day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. What time is it? I think it's time for us to go someplace. I think it's time to expect something, and I think it's time for us all to do something together. What time is it? It's time to go to the beginning. We go with God. In the beginning, God 
Where do we need to go to discern what time it is? We need to go back where it all started, with God. In the beginning, God. To begin with God is to begin where all things begin. It is to begin in grace. Before anything, there is God. It is a reminder to us that if we begin with God, we are not on our time. We are actually in God's time. It is to begin in grace because when you begin with God, God is always the initiator. God is always the first mover. God is always the one who is making the first step to create new life. That's what's here. God again and again and again is at the beginning, and when you begin with God, there's new life. And this is incredibly rare to begin with God, right? I mean, if we're honest with ourselves, it's, it's a rare thing. The New Year's resolutions industry, the self-help industry, loves this time of year. They love asking that Kairos question, what time is it? It's time for you to join that gym membership. It's time for you to, to lose a few of those unhealthy pounds. It's time for you to get, become a better you. The self-help industry is a multi-billion dollar money machine. Why? Because underneath of us, we know that we want to be better, and of course that we do. And so if you get on the internet and you read any management theory experts and giving you the top 10 ways to become a better you, I bet all the money in my pockets against all the money in your pockets, not not one of those 1 through 10 will say begin with God. It will ask you, what do you want to do? Who do you want to be? What is your best self? They're not asking, what does God want? Where is God going? What is God doing? What I'm suggesting to you is that if you want to figure out what time it is in your life, you need to go to the beginning. You need to begin with God. And if you begin with God, you need to be prepared. Because it's not safe. God is not the cosmic lifeguard on duty, just watching us and making sure that we don't drown. God is not an insurance policy. You don't show up here and worship a living God and do it safely. God is alive and God is wild. God is not something or someone that we control. To begin with God opens us up to the possibility that God might do something that may move our life in a different direction. And this is countercultural to begin with God. There's a sociologist of religion named Craig Gay teaches at Regent Seminary. He wrote a little book called The Way of the Modern World, and he's talking about the kind of culture in which you are immersed at your work and in your church and at your schools. And he says this, he says, the greatest temptation to worldliness today comes in the form of the suggestion that it's possible, indeed necessary and expedient, to go about your daily life without giving any thought to God at all. In other words, the greatest temptation in the worldliness is not sex, drugs, and rock and roll. It's not what's happening in Washington, D.C. The greatest threat to worldliness today, to your soul, is going through your life, your daily life, your everyday wake-up life, without having to give one thought to God at all. That's the greatest danger. And what I'm trying to suggest to us is that maybe, just maybe, if we begin with God, it's time for us to begin thinking about what God wants. It's going back to fundamentals. 
And sometimes fundamentals are the most important things to do over and over and over again. I was talking with a good friend of mine named T. Gatewood. He's a pastor in North Carolina, one of my best friends. And I was talking through um, something that happened to me recently. And I was talking about trying to make sense of how I needed to respond. And and I said, I I think I need to, to get back to some fundamentals in my life. And he told me this story, a story of a guy named Jim Fortune. Jim Fortune was this Olympic kayak, uh, whitewater kayaker. T was a young man living in um, Tennessee, and he was working at an outdoor store. And he worked with this Jim Fortune, who was an Olympic champion. And they were out on the river one day, and Jim came up to him on his, on his, on his boat. I don't know if you call them boats, you call them kayaks. You probably call him kayaks. He rolls up to him, he says, T, what are you doing? He's like, well, I'm out, you know, I'm, I'm, shoot, I'm, I'm doing the river. And he's like, well, what are you working on today? And T says, what do you mean, what am I working on? I'm, 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 I'm just out here on the river having fun. And so T kind of thought, he says, well, Jim, what are you working on? Jim, who's all American everything. Jim, who's an uh, Olympic champion. Jim, who's, who's just cut like a Greek god. What, what are you working on? He's like, oh, I'm working on paddling. He's like, you're paddling. I mean, you're an Olympic champion. He's like, yeah, you gotta, you got to work on the fundamentals again and again. And you never, you never get tired of this. Or if you get tired of it, you still keep going at it. T told me that story as a reminder that, hey, you never master the fundamentals. Right? you got to keep going back to the basics. Karl Barth once said, we are always and ever beginning God. You never master God. It doesn't matter how many degrees you have or how many times you come to church or how many times you read the Bible. We never master God. And so what time is it? It's time to go back to the basics, to God, again and again. That's the place we can all go together. We can all begin with God. And if we begin with God, I think that there's something we can expect together. What does God do at the beginning? In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered over the face of the deep, and a wind from God swept over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that the light was good. God saw that the light was good. What does God do at the very beginning? If you begin with Here's what I think you should expect. If you begin with God, I think you should expect that God will speak, and when God speaks, God will create something new in your life. It's the very first thing we know about what God does and who God is. God is the creator, and God creates by his voice, by speaking into your life, by speaking life. God creates the light and the darkness. God creates the dome and the sky and he creates the seas below. He separates the land and the seas. God created all that. He created the vegetation. He created the stars and the moon. He created the birds and the, and the fish of the sea. He created the cattle and the creepy crawly things. And then he created and crowned creation with us. People made in his image. God did that through how? By speaking, by speaking, by speaking. It's God's voice that creates the world, that overwhelms the world with his grace. That is what God does. If you begin with God, buckle up, because God is going to speak. 
God is loquacious. God is always active in speaking. I love, I love, I love how Psalm 29 names it. The voice of the Lord is over the waters. The God of glory thunders. The Lord over mighty waters. The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. The voice of the Lord breaks the cedars. He breaks the cedars of Lebanon. He makes Lebanon skip like a calf and Syrian like a young wild ox. The voice of the Lord flashes forth flames of fire. The voice of the Lord shakes the wilderness. He shakes the wilderness of Kadesh. The voice of the Lord causes the oaks to whirl and strips the, um, the wilderness bare, and all in his temple say glory. The voice, of the voice of the Lord. Scripture is a record of God speaking. And when God speaks, something new is created. A new life. When God speaks, the chaos is ordered. What chaos does God need to speak into your life? What order does God need to speak into this community? When God is speaking, something new will happen. What time is it? I think it's time to expect God to speak. And when he does, he shatters our perceived realities. God's voice is the key that unlocks us from the presumed world in which so many of us are trapped and so desperately want to flee. God's voice is the invitation that draws us out into that wide open country of salvation where there is a narrow road that leads through a city where every street has no name but leads farther up and further into the high country of the Trinity where the air is thin but the glory is thick. And there all in his temple say glory. And God will speak. God will speak to you. That's why Annie Dillard writes, it's foolish for women to wear ladies' hats and velvet hats to church. They should be wearing crash helmets. Ushers should issue us life preservers and safety flares. They should lash us to our pews, for the sleeping God may awake and take offense. Or the waking God may draw us out to where we can never return. What I want to suggest to you is that this is a time where God is awake. And God is speaking. God may draw you out to where you can never return. What time is it? It's time to begin with God. It's time to expect God to speak to you. And it's time for God to create something through that speech. Something new. Something surprising. Something that will give new life. Be expectant as you step into this year. But that will require you to do something. And me to do something. Us to do something together. It will require us to do one of the hardest things in life, I think. It will require us to stop talking and to listen. To listen. Is there anything more challenging sometimes than to just listen? Listen for what God might want to do in your life. Listen what God might want to do in this church. Listen. It requires some silence and some patience and some hard work. It, it, it requires some trust to listen. Have you, have you ever really been listened to? I mean, it's one of the great gifts you can give to another person, right? To really fully be attentive 
and present to another to what they're saying. I mean, my wife, Kristen, who I love and she's way smarter than me in every category that there is a category of, says, you heard me, but you didn't listen to me. We live in, um, we, have, we have more communication gadgets in the history of the world. And yet every study that I am reading of people who take these kinds of studies say this is one of the loneliest generations in history. There's more people, there's more communication, there's, 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 there's tweets and, 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 and texts and emails and Pinterest and Snapchats and the Facebooks and the, the stuff, right? I mean, it's all there. You're probably doing it right now saying, preacher, got to stop. <laughs> and yet people are lonely. And people feel isolated. Sometimes even from those that they're closest to. If you're anything like me. And I can't help but wonder if it's not because we're not listening. To really hear another. Not just what they're saying, but what's underneath of that. Not just hearing the loud voice, but what, what, what triggered that? What's underneath of that? That's, that's the kind of listening. I'm not asking you to listen just for information. I'm asking you to listen to the subtext, to, to what, what's really going on in the governing dynamics, right? That kind of listening. And what I want to suggest maybe is help us answer what time it is in, in your life and in my life and our life is maybe it was going to require us to listen to God at that kind of level. To listen to God. And listening is not easy. And what do we listen for? It's not simply that kind of, just that, that gut feeling. I think feelings got to be, and emotions are great, and they're, they're, God uses that, but that, all, that has to be shaped. Yesterday, Jeff and I, uh, on our way up, stopped at the In-N-Out Burger, which when you're from Michigan, you roll into California, where do you go? You go to the In-N-Out. And I'm standing in line, and I'm looking at my options, and I hear that little whisper, the number one. That, the number one is the double cheeseburger. That, that's, not the voice, that's not the voice I should listen to. But all my feelings, all my feels, I'm hungry. I haven't eaten since like, you know, 5 a.m. in Michigan time. And like, I, I'm, I'm like the number one. I'm pretty convinced, says my doctor, that's not the voice of Jesus. So I just want to be cautious. I want to be careful. Like when we say like, listen, we got to, okay, how do we listen? Paul says this in Romans, that faith comes from what is heard and what is heard comes through the word of God. If you want to listen for God, don't empty your mind, fill it up. Fill it up with the word, with the word of God. And the word of God that we need to fill it up most with is the word made flesh, with Jesus. To listen to Jesus is to listen to the very voice of God. The very voice of God. Do you, ever, do you ever notice that in, uh, Genesis 1, 1 through 5 is mirrored in the prologue of John? Um, John 1, 1 through 5. John, the prologue starts this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came to being through Him, and without Him not one thing has come into being. And what has come into being to Him was life, and the life was the light of all people. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Here's what John's doing. John is riffing Genesis 1 in light of Jesus. 
Jesus is the one at the very beginning. All things came into being through him. I mean, you know what the Greek word for all is, right? It means all. It means everything. All things came into being through Jesus. Jesus is at the very beginning with the Father. And that spirit hovering over the darkness, that's the Holy Spirit. The Trinity, the three in one, the one in three is all right there. If you want to discern the voice of God, listen to Jesus. The same Jesus that says, come and follow me. The same Jesus that says, if you are heavy and, and have a burden, come, come and pay attention to me. The same Jesus that says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Not two miles. Be perfect as I am perfect. Forgive, for they do not know what they do. It's the same Jesus that after the resurrection says to you and to all creation, peace be with you. That's the voice we need to listen to. What does God want to do in your life? What time is it for you? As you try to answer that, I want to encourage you that it's time maybe go back to the beginning. Do some paddling. Go back to the basics. I want to encourage you to maybe it's time to expect God to do something new, show up in a surprising way. But that will require you to listen. To really listen to God. And if you do, if you do, I believe this will be a time where you will be drawn out of that wide open country. You'll see the light from the true light. You will get new intimacy. And you'll see new beauty. And you'll experience the truth in a new and profound way. Amen? Let's pray. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for this day that we'll never get back to live again. Come, Lord Jesus. Bless this community in every way that you can. And as we step into the rest of this Sabbath day, Lord, may your rest be our measure. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and all of the people said, Amen. Thanks for listening. If you want to know more about the ministries and mission of Tulare Community Church, visit us at tccalive.org.